And we're live. Uh, welcome, Ringbrats. We are kicking off because it's July, season six, episode one of the Chicago Ringcast. Goodbye to the old, in with the new. And a lot has gone on in the last two weeks in the world of Blackhawk hockey. And we're here to dissect it, talk about it, argue about it, joke about it, cry a little bit if we have to, and talk about what's going to be happening next year. I am joined by some of my favorite folks. First of all, joined by the gatekeeper, Jeff Osborne, the co-founder of The Rink, and also co-founder, I believe, of The Net Perspective, which he's going to touch on in a minute, a new podcast just for goalies, just for you that are brave enough, strong enough, willful enough, and maybe weird enough to jump into the pipes and dare to talk goaltending with the gatekeeper. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much, man. Just keeping busy. Playing hockey, Dad. You know how it is. Hockey Dad's a good life. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And Ray Napientek, who we'll go to early on the Alex Abrinkit trade, is here. Um, an Alex Abrinkit fan favorite and great overall guy. A good hockey and baseball mind. Ray, what's happening? Not too much. Thanks for having me on. It's been too long. It has been too long. Excellent. And Sean Fitzgerald is here, ladies and gentlemen, straight for his, from his basement where the internet is spotty at best and the fan is always threatening his head. Sean, good to see you, pal. The hat is backwards, so we don't know what you're wearing. Do you have a surprise for us? I do. Whoa. It's a, a blacked-out Blackhawks hat because that's what they we feel like as fans right now. Black, dark, despair. Okay, so it's so it's not – I thought it was just a blank black hat. I thought it was some sort of ode to Spinal Tap. No. Or something that you – no, It's a, a blacked-out Blackhawks hat, actually. Oh, okay. Well, the, how much more black can you get? And the answer is none, none more black. So uh, very well done. Uh, looking great. And um, as Derek Small says, you can see your reflection in both sides when looking at that album. So um, the Spinal Tap hat is here, which is great. A lot of Hawks fans want a Spinal Tap right now after what has gone on over the last couple of weeks. It's been crazy, and we are going to get into it all, folks, tonight. But before we do, shout out to our sponsor, Puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, all caps, except for the .com part. Use discount code The Rink for 10% off. Get your free T-shirt. And check out the Rink wa Wink Watch Wear. And somehow I always ooh, ooh, seem ooh, to ooh, do yeah. that. Rink Easy for you to say. Yeah. Yeah, be quiet. I'm hunting wabbits. Um, <laughs> so, and, and then uh, we wanted to refer to Gate real quick. For those of you who know uh, Gate, uh, the gatekeeper, and Jeff Osborne well, he's got something really good cooking. So before we talk Hawks hockey, Gate, the net perspective, what's the deal on your new podcast, buddy? What do you got going on? Tendy! Shorzy. You're the worst player on our team. Great <laughs> in the room, but you're the worst player on our team. Yeah, um, I decided with a friend of mine that we were going to start a goaltending uh, podcast called The Net Perspective. Uh, it's a little bit something a little bit different. It's not Hawks-centric. It's just hockey-centric. It's hockey all over. It's about goalies. Um, there, there aren't a lot of hockey podcasts out there that are about goalies. Uh, there's a couple, maybe one or two, but we wanted to give what the perspective of a goalie in net, what they see, what, what, you know, things like that, break down some plays, maybe some goals you think were bad goals. Maybe they weren't so bad because we can, and we can show you why that is. We'd also like to talk about, you know, the lack of uh, youth uh, uh, development with goalies and how there's, 
you know, just a lack of development in the lower levels of, of goaltending goal for hockey and, and how goaltending coaches look at things because him and I both have about combined 50 years of playing and coaching experience in, you know, in the sport of, of being goalie. So, <coughs> old man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and Andy, I want to say thank you for asking me about my hat too. It's a Cooper. Yes. Old school, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, just the net perspective, go check it out. Go, go subscribe. It's something a little different. It's, you're not going to get the same thing you get with, you know, the Hawks talk and all that stuff where we, we talk about everything. If you want to talk about goalies, the quirky goalies and, uh, you know, the crazy goalies and things like that, and maybe goalie moves. And, uh, we've got some ideas of some really cool, uh, segments we're going to do about goalies. And also this, this awesome. second episode we did, we did with, uh, 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 a guy named Surgeon Singh, who has created a new cage called the uncage for goalie masks. And he's got a prototype out there and it's not just wires. It's kind of made with bulletproof vest uh, materials and things like that. So it's something different cool. and it's kind of, you know, outside the box, but go check out the episode. It's, it's really cool. We did a, an interview with him and we talked with him for uh, almost an hour about uh, this, this, this stuff. So if you, if, they, if you awesome. like that kind of thing, go check it out. We're going to try and get some goalies on the podcast, pro goalies, Amateur goalies, things like Hanu that. I want What's Hanu that? Toivinen. Hanu Toivinen. Hanu Toivinen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's uh, driving a Zamboni somewhere in Finland right now. Nice. Right. Somewhere with Kerry <laughs> So, yeah, the net perspective, go check it out. Uh, subscribe and uh, and all that good stuff. Thanks, man. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting some follows. My, my dad was a goaltender, so he's going to be listening as well. So very exciting. And um, I appreciate it. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So, folks, yeah. So the, I guess the big question is, we're about to talk Blackhawk hockey. What hasn't happened in the month of July with the Chicago Blackhawks? Okay. Kyle Davidson, the new GM. Now, love him or hate his moves right now, it's on, folks. The rebuild is on. Lots of you wanted a rebuild. Now that it's here, a lot of folks are unhappy with what's been going on and what he's been doing, but it's happening. He's saying, I'm making this my thing. This is going to be my team. We're moving some parts. We got to rebuild. Our farm system is bogus, so we got to stock the cupboard. And he's making moves. He's making it interesting. Whether you love it or hate it, it's pretty entertaining, to say the least. Now, when it won't get entertaining is when you see the 22-23 on-ice product. Okay, there's going to be a serious lack of entertainment there. And we'll acknowledge that. It's going to be a really long and hard year. But the first domino to fall a couple weeks ago, um, on the eve of the draft, or actually it was a couple hours before the draft, was fan favorite, two-time 40-goal scorer, three-time 30-goal scorer, 24-year-old Alex Dabrinkit was traded from the Chicago Blackhawks. It was shocking when there were rumors about it in the first place. And it happened, folks. It officially happened. Alex DeBrinkett was traded for to the Ottawa Senators for the seventh overall pick, for the 39th overall pick, and a third-round pick in 2024. So Kyle Davidson wanted to get into the first round. He did, not just with that trade, but with the Kirby Doc trade, and also acquiring Peter Morazic um, in that sense, too, for the 25th overall pick. We're going to get into those picks in a minute. But DeBrinkett's gone, um, and that's tough. And I'm going to go to Ray on this one first, because, Ray, you're a big Alex DeBrinkett fan. You love the guy. You've always been a supporter. And I think the general consensus on this is that they, the Hawks fell a little short in the return. Talk to me, buddy. 
if I'm Ottawa, I'm happy that I didn't have to give away any prospects uh, that they have. Uh, I think, you know, when you're, when you're giving away a seven and a 39 for, you know, somebody like the Brinkett that's going to come in and, and do a lot of good things for you. And, uh, you know, they've, they, they've got the cupboard stocked and that's what Chicago's looking to do. Uh, you know, Ottawa, again, if it pans out, if they've got money to sell or, you know, money to, to use in a few years and bring free agents in, there's a lot that goes into being Stanley cup contender, but, I, I thought they could have brought more in for Debrinket. It seemed like they may have left a, a, a prospect down there uh, on the table. But again, you know, when you're talking about, you know, Korczynski and, you know, he, I think, you know, Davidson has a, a he wants skating. You can see that. Yeah. You know, I thought the first three picks, I was like, man, every single one of these guys are, uh, you know, top notch skaters, you know? So I, I think, um, you know, it's going to help the rebuild. It had to be done. I, I think you could have, you know, received a little bit more. Again, we're not on the phone. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, but when you can when you can pull that off and, and feel like you get yourself a, a guy that you wanted to draft, I know no GM is ever going to stand up and say, we picked this guy and, you know, he wasn't there. Everybody's always going to say that's our guy. But I, I truly believe that, you know, and then, you know, you backed it up with a couple more uh, first round picks, you know, <laughs> have to restock the cupboard. You know, in April, you were looking going, you know, they got Lucas Reichel, you know, and what else? Uh, Alex Debrinkit, you know, but by the time he's, you know, they're going to be good. So I, I think they're in a better spot, but I feel like they might have left the prospect on the table. And yeah, Ottawa's I, got I, would agree, I would agree with that. I mean, Ottawa's got this vast prospect system right now. They've got so many guys that I guess you could have tapped into. I I heard from a source um, in the in the Philadelphia war room that, that mentioned that Kyle Davidson's price tag was so high on Debrinkit bring it that people just walked away and finally then he just got an itchy trigger finger co- close to the draft and uh and ottawa said okay if this we'll, we'll do this right now um sean do you think the hawks are going to regret this at some point in time i mean i they got we don't obviously don't know they got into the top 10 with this but what say you about this deal and are you upset are you bummed are you just like hey it is what it is so they will regret it in the short term obviously alex to bring a great player like Ed. He's uh, Ray's talked about on this podcast, and I think several others have. He's really changed his game. He went from just like a, a one-way scorer to more of an all-around complete player. Like he doesn't get bodied off the puck. He plays well on his own end. Um, he's really, really improved his game. So in the short term, they're going to regret it. Um, in the long term, I I don't know. Because you don't know what Kevin Korczynski is going to be and. uh even though all the draft experts give them a B, you don't know, or you give the overall Blackhawks draft a grade of B. You just don't know. Like, um, everybody thought uh, Nico Hersher, or I'm sure I'm butchering his name, was going to be a pretty decent player. And he got flipped in a in a trade with uh, Vegas this past year. And he was a top two, top three overall pick. So you just don't know with draft yep. picks. Um, Ottawa is building something up there. In addition to adding to Brinkett, they also got Claude Giroux, who they signed. So they're going to be, they're going to have some offensive firepower on that team. Um, I think also the reason why, like what you said about, um, Kyle Davidson's asking price being so high and then he kind of pulled the trigger. He also, like they, people have said, and what made sense to me is Ottawa's really one of the few teams that had the cap space to kind of fit it in. Because he's due six million dollars this year, he's gonna his qualifying yeah. offer is gonna be nine million dollars next year, and like a contending team like Tampa or somebody like that doesn't have that cap space, and they'd have to make another move 
just to try to even get to bring it in. That's why when the Blackhawks were able to get two first round picks for why can't they Brandon Hagel, the reason they got those picks is because his contract was so friendly. So I think the return right. with to bring was lower because of his cap head. That that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a good call. Gate, your thoughts not only on that trade, but I'd like you to also kick us off with the Kirby Doc trade. Um, you know, obviously the the loss of Debrinket, and then Kirby Doc is is shipped out of town the on the draft for the 13th overall pick and the 66th overall pick. So they just said, okay, Doc, we gave you a couple years by. So first on Debrinket, and then give me some thoughts on the Doc deal. Uh I just got done at the rink talking about this to Brinkett thing. So shout out to Tierra Joy on Twitter. She's really cool. We were talking about this trade Hi, at Tierra. the rink. But um, yeah, uh, you know, the Debrinket thing, I'm, I was okay with them trading them. Uh, I thought they were going to get more like Ray said. Um, you know, it was one of those things. It's like, if you don't get a deal that blows you away, okay, you could hang on to him. He could be that guy that, you know, kind of leads the, leads the young kids into the next generation. That's fine. Uh, but if you got a good deal, like better than Hagel or something like that, sure, unload them, get what you can for them. And uh, like Ray, like I was kind of underwhelmed with what they got. But, uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people kind of mentioned that, like, maybe maybe Kyle Davidson just decided he was going to trade them and the best deal he got, he was going to take. And, uh, you know, we're going to see down the road if that was the right decision. Uh but I think he just said, I'm going to go all in. I'm going scorched earth. And once he did that, like, I guess there's maybe no turning back. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. But, you know, to get back into the first round, they had to do that. There's no way you're going to you're going to have a rebuild in, in under five years with not having a first round draft pick this year. Like you're just setting right. you're setting it all down the road one more year. And if they weren't going to yep. get rid of Kane and get something for him or Taze or whatever, like this was their only choice. Uh, that and doc. And then now we shift over onto the doc thing and sure. I think maybe they gave up a little early on them. Um, I think, you know, if, if you could get them back on track and maybe they broke them, maybe they don't get them back on track, uh, because they didn't develop them. And how many of us said this all along? Like you got to develop the guy. You got to be careful with him. You got to hit this, hit a home run with this one. You're going to bring in doc. You got to develop them. Instead, they throw him right into the NHL and, he was good for a while until people figured him out. People figured him out. And that's what happens when you have these first year phenoms sometimes is the league, once they come around a second or third time and they see you and they figure you out, you're not as good a player. And that's kind of what happened. I think here is they started figuring Kirby doc out and how to defend him, And then he just wasn't as effective anymore. Well, they should have probably sent him back to the junior and or back to the junior back to junior and let him, <laughs> dominate for another year and right. just get keep his confidence up and then maybe maybe even play him in the ahl or half for half a year or something like that just let him marinate let him marinate you know yeah um, I mean, yeah nice suggestion let that one marinate <laughs> yeah it, it, it's crazy Sorry, like you, you, they, they rushed everyone into the system they ruined a lot of people and kirby doc could have been one of them and maybe they cut bait a little bit too early but at this point, like I said, the same thing with the uh, Kirby, um, with Alex Brinkett. Like I think he just decided that um, 
he was going to trade these guys and he was going to get in the first round. He was going to try to get as many first round picks as he could. And anyone that was going to offer him a first round pick, he was going to unload because what, you know, are these players are even going to be around when this team's good again? That's the bottom line. Are these players going to even be in Chicago when they're good? So why hang on to them now and just let them eat up the prime of their career when the Blackhawks are just going to be bad anyway, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with all that. We had a, a quick question in the comment section from Matt Piznarski. If you're related to Tim Piznarski, my old squirt hockey coach from Saddle and Cycle, A-plus buddy. Um, but anyway, how much I is know Matt Piznarski pretty well. I know Matt Piznarski and the whole Piznarski family, and they're great people. So Awesome. We won't yeah. hold that awesome. against them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Matt, don't be friends with Gate. Um, but no, great question. How much of cat success is because of Kane? Yeah. I mean, I, I, we'll find out. We'll find out. Will he digress in Ottawa? I don't know. Ottawa's got some pretty speedy forwards, you know, we'll but see. They don't have Patrick with, Kane. You know, yeah. They well, don't have Patrick yeah, I mean, Kane. Patrick, I mean, when, when you don't have Patrick Kane feeding you saucers all game long, like that's, you know, yeah. it, it might be a difference. I don't think he's going to drop off a ton, but I, I think he could still score 35 every year, which is very valuable. But I, I think maybe right. Kane does have some, uh, you know, some bit of, you know, adding to well, his yeah, success a, a little of, bit. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say a lot to his success. I mean, a lot. I mean, those those one timers that you see him, you know, fire off a lot. of Patrick Kane might be the only player that can make some of those passes when he's floating them yeah. over a few different sticks and, and finding seams like that. So I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. I mean, there's no question. Kane was very instrumental in uh in Debrinkin's development and his game and you know what folks we're going to get into this later too you're going to see what Dylan Strom is like without Patrick Kane next year okay and, and we'll Alex Debrinkin and Alex Debrinkin and Alex De... yeah and and we will yeah. I think I think Debrinkin will still score a lot I do I think Dylan Strom I, I mean I, I this before I think Dylan Strom's going to be out of the NHL by the time he's 30 we'll get into this a little bit later <laughs> over and over again um firing yeah, hot takes I, out there I know I'm going to keep it going, but these are, these are all really good questions. You know, going back or, or Matt, thank you so much for your question. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, and going back to just the, the trade in general, um, you know, I mean, I, and, and Ray, what are your thoughts? I mean, if anyone I'm, I'm rooting for Kirby doc, I am, you know, I, I hope he goes to Montreal and he gets it back on track. Maybe if anyone could get something out of him and it is Martin St. Louis, um, who, you know, when he was hired there, you know, quickly, the players started believing they started playing, Maybe a fresh start will be helpful for him. At the same time, it's like, you know, trading Kirby Doc for the 13th overall pick and the 66th pick, I think is a good trade, actually. Uh, Ray, what do you think? think I thought it was a good trade. I mean, it, it, you got to like Doc. I mean, I don't think he did. You know, he was definitely rushed. You know, I hate I, I hate when somebody says, what else do they have to prove? You know, they, we heard about that with uh, – uh, Lucas Reichel last year. What does he have to left the proof? Well, he still has to develop. What he has to prove is when he gets to the NHL. That's when he has to prove it. You, you can send him back to minors, send him back to juniors, whatever you want to do, um, whatever they're eligible for. So, you know, you, you got to cheer for Doc. I think he's got skill. I think he's got yeah. talent. You just rush a guy, you rush a kid, and that's what you did. Uh, you did it with Boquist. Uh, you know, you rushed him, and, and, and you're not sure what you have. And, and next thing you know, you're, you're trying to get rid of him because you're trying to win right now and not develop them. And, and I thought they did a great job, you know, getting that 13th pick. I think Frankie is going to be, he's a potential top line player. That's you know, player. He's, That's be, player. Yeah, he's got, speed, he's got, uh, he's got buck handling skills, his offensive uh, talent, you know, he's going to come around hopefully with a, you know, all around game, you know, you, you, you want development there, but I think he's a very talented player. And even with, 
you know, Gavin Hayes, you know, he's good too. He could skate, you know, he's somebody that, you know, he's a pass to play against, you know, guys that, you know, you, you just, you hate to, you know, you hate to see a guy like Doc go, but you know, for that trade, I mean, for both trades, I mean, you had to restock the cupboard. It was bare. You had one can of, you know, ramen noodles, you know, so now you're starting to get some noodle soup and, you know, hey, we're you know we're starting trying to get some things that you know are gonna, gonna help us get through it. So, um, you know, I thought that was a good trade. It's just you just don't know what you got with Doc yet, and that's a shame because he's been in the league for you know a few seasons now, and you feel like you know, hey, just to get a better start, go somewhere else. Like you said, St. Louis might even get something out of him. You know, hopefully you get yourself a number one, you know, centerman, you know, uh, uh, you know, forward. Hopefully, got yourself maybe a you know top nine guy later on, and it's worth it. Um, so, but I, I really like that trade. I thought that was a real good, real good get for somebody that you once had at number three. Now that was a different regime. I know that, you know, so when you're getting, what was it? 13 and 66 back. Yep. You, you don't yep. feel great about it, but I thought those were two really good picks. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And Sean, I'm, I'm curious your take. I mean, I, did they give up too early on Kirby doc here? Or I mean, I, and and we're going to get into their 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 first round picks in a second. I I think that I do think that uh, Frank Nazar or Nazar or I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it could be their best pick in the draft um, ultimately, just based off of speed. And mm-hmm. but your thoughts on the doc trade and and how that went and uh, are they going to regret this one? I don't think they will as much as the Debrinket one. But what do you think? I don't think they're going to regret this one either. Um, I agree with everyone else saying they that maybe they gave up on him a little too early they did rush him my biggest gripe was when they rushed him back from his wrist injury those take a long yeah, time absolutely. to heal i thought that was a huge mistake absolutely yep. but then uh, they had to shut him down again because they admitted that they actually rushed him back yeah we, yeah. And, yeah i mean it was just pure, pure stupidity he was the, the only or like he was their biggest asset at the time and they rushed him and that just showed the the failure of the front office and everyone else involved with that. And I think Davidson trading him. Yeah. I think Davidson based on his moves, he wants a clean start. Like he wants his own canvas and Kirby doc was tied to the old team, regardless of what happened with him, he was going to take it. So maybe he wasn't on board with the pick to begin with. We don't know. We don't know what the, what we've read Stan Bowman and Mark Kelly basically just did whatever they wanted. Mark Kelly, was scouted certain guys based on skill only and Stan Bowman drafted on skill only. So you, we have no idea if Kyle Davidson wanted um, Kirby doc, or if he wanted Bowen Byram, or if he wanted somebody else in that draft, we have no idea based on this trade. I think it's safe to say that he wasn't really sold on Kirby doc, especially considering doc hasn't progressed the way they hoped he would. I hope yeah. Martin Sandy can, um, you know, write the ship with him up there. Cause I feel bad for the kid. The Blackhawks didn't do him any favors at all. They haven't done any favors for any draft pick over the last however many years. So, I mean, St. Louis, like when uh, Cole Caulfield was struggling up there, St. Louis came in, focused, and Caulfield went off again. So, hopefully they can get (coughs) Doc focused. And it's all, like Eric Andrews has always said on this podcast, it's all about asset management. And they got two potential they got one first rounder and a lottery pick in the third round for Kirby Doc. I think that's the best they could have hoped for. Hopefully, um, their for all their first round picks pan out, and maybe they hit on one of these third round picks that they were able to acquire with trades. And that that's a productive draft. 
that that's a great draft that they could do that. So I think getting yeah. more bites the apples, what Davidson was trying to do in this draft and moving Doc was the right move. Well, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if, if July. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I won't, I won't go on Twitter and calling him curb bust and all those other meatheads that Kate and I talked to one day. I no. that that's ignorant no. thinking. No, I think it's I think it's easy for fans that have not seen what he's capable of doing to just say, well, he's a bust, so great trade. We don't know. We don't know. He's still a kid. He's still young. You know, maybe, you know, the reclamation projects, those were some of Stan Bowman's favorite things to do. None of them worked out for him, but hey, they've worked out for other people. Michael um, Froley. You know, we're, we're Michael Froelich. Yeah, that's the that's the lone star in there. Yeah, that's for sure. So, well, let's talk about these first round picks. So, I mean, I, if you told me when I woke up the morning of July 1st, I was like, God, I really hope the Hawks get into the first round. And, you know, they need to be in the first round. So now they come out of there with three first round picks. And the final one in a trade acquiring uh, goaltender Peter Mrazek from uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and his $3.8 million salary hit, which is fine in exchange because they have the room. They needed a goalie in exchange for that 25th overall pick. Um, and giving up the 38th pick back to Toronto, clearly a cap shedding move um, for Toronto, but the Hawks then got their goalie and then they got a first round pick out of it. And that's good stuff. Um, we like that, or I do. So let, yeah. three first round picks, Kevin uh, Korczynski from the Seattle Thunderbirds, WHL. Get Korczynski guy. Korczynski guy. Uh, Frank Nazar. Uh, Frank Nazar, Nazar, I don't know. Uh, Nazar, we'll see. Um, and Sam Rinzel. Uh, first of all, Hawks folks, if you want to in the next two years say, see, they shouldn't have traded to Brinkett or see, they shouldn't have traded Doc, you have no argument for that. Okay. And uh, even Morazic, because these first round picks, you're not going to see these guys for a while. You're going to have to be patient. I mean, I, especially uh, Sammy Renzel, who's going to go back to Waterloo in the USHL for one more year. And then he's not going to be at the University of Minnesota until the fall of 2023. So you're not going to see him for a while. Smooth skating defenseman, high school player in Minnesota, then joined Waterloo in the USHL. Frankie Nazar, or Nazar, or Nassar, I don't know. I'll figure it out one of these days. Wait for a broadcaster to say it, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, uh, U.S. development program, going to the University of Michigan, straight speed killer. Um, if you're going to be watching college hockey next year, tune in to watch this kid. He could be the steal out of this draft. Um, he straight up flies. So those are the three. Ray, you made a comment earlier. Speed. That's what the Hawks were into here. Talk about some of these kids. What have you learned about some of these kids? What you've watched, what you've liked, what you don't like? Or are you just kind of like, I have, I don't know. We'll see. Let's I see. like it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it, the game's built on speed. I mean, I, I know you still have to have size. There's a lot that goes into winning a, a Stanley Cup. We all know that. But speeds the, the game right now. Um, and, and Frankie, that's why I always use first names. You got to earn that last name, right? You know, for me, you know, when you talk about Keith, you talk about Seabrook, you talk about Kaner, you know that, but Hey, you know, Frankie, Kevin, you know, you, you got to earn those last names. That, that's something that uh, it's easy for me uh, that way, but I like it. I thought they did a good job. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the last pick, it's going to take a while. You know, to go back, it's a development, you know, bring some size, you can skate. Uh, but I, I think the first two picks, are guys that you, you know, it's going to take two, three years, which it should, you know, you, they've got to develop, they've got to work on some things. They've got to get bigger and stronger. They've got to become young men, not just kids playing against, um, you know, the top players. But I, I thought, you know, at the end of the day, I was on vacation with the family and, you know, at the end of the day, I thought, man, you know, 
Kyle had an idea. You know, he, he went in and said, I want speed. I want talent. I want offensive talent. Um, he got that um, in threefold. Uh, and, and it looked like he had a plan. It wasn't just like, oh, man, you know, like, you know, with Stan, it was always like, who did they pick 32? Let me get – I've seen this yeah. – you know, I've seen a 1,000 junior games. Who is this kid? You know, you're trying to figure it out, and then you're thinking, okay, how does this fit in? Can he play right away? That's not what we were looking at. You know, we were looking at guys, and it was like, all right, hey, he's there. This is a good pick. They got a guy that they wanted. It looks like speed. Looks like he wants guys that can play offense, guys that can move the puck, guys that can uh, uh, make good decisions, have high IQs. That's what they're looking for. And, and, it, and it looked like he had a game plan. It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to throw something and try and outsmart everybody by picking somebody nobody's heard of before. So um, I was excited about it. Thought it was a good draft. Again, you know, it, it, it's going to take two, three years. We talked about this, you know, Gate, you know, we talked about this a few years ago, 2019. Should have always been about 2023. Well, now it's 2022. Now it's going to have to be about 2025. Yep. And that's what these picks are about. You know, we're not going to find out if, who, who wins the Alex Brinkett trade or who wins the doc trade for another five, six, seven seasons. It's just not, it's not here. So, yeah. um, but overall I, I thought it was good. I saw again, that, that first round, I, I give it an A for, for Davidson. I really do. I thought that first round was, was definitely really good. Yeah. That was great stuff. Gate, any of your thoughts on uh, not only those first, first three picks, but the second round or some of those guys look like they're, Pretty decent as well. I know we don't know. I, but Ryan Green, 57th overall. He's going to Boston University. Obviously, he's going to be playing in a great program. Colby Cohen, of course, loves him. Um, oh, geez. And uh, Paul, Paul Lewinsky. Oh, Lewinsky is a perfect Chicago name. That Lewinsky and that Korchinski guys. Perfect Chicago yeah, names. But, uh, I mean, it's. No, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll take it from here. Um, go ahead. I, I mean, gone are the days of Stan Bowman going out there and picking a whole, whole bunch of money ball guys that, um, you know, are five foot nine and, you know, their stretches and things like that. Like, he, I, he probably could have been a, a bit of a stretch on that Sam Renzel pick, but that's your third pick in the first round. Like, if you're going to take a, if you're yeah. going to reach on a guy, sure, reach there. Why not? You know, you've already made two pretty solid picks. Yeah. So um, the, the rest of the guys, I mean, you, we've, uh, I've seen a lot about Sam uh, Savoy and the Aiden Thompson in the third round. Uh, I've seen the, the names come up a lot. Now, I don't know much about them. I'm no expert on those prospects. But when you, when you hear, you know, and you follow, uh, you know, scouts and stuff and people who do this kind of thing for a living, like Ray kind of does, um, you know, you hear good name. You know, you hear these names out there a lot. Like it makes it seem kind of promising. Instead of like again, like Ray said, you know, standing go out there and he picks some dude, and you'd be like, who? Who's this guy? I've never heard of him before. I've, you know, all these guys have watched all these games, and no one's heard of it of these guys before. And then they turn out to be nothing because they had no development behind any of them either. So you can't reach on a guy right. and then not develop him. What are they going to turn into? They're going to turn into nothing. So. You know, a couple defensemen, uh, you know, big relative to the NHL, you know, uh, 6'2", 6'4". Uh, you know, Renzel's only like, what, 17, 18, just turned 18 or something like that. And he's six foot four already. He, he could still grow. I mean, yeah. you could have him and Alex Vlasic, like some big dudes out there. And Renzel supposedly can skate, like you know, skate really well for his size. And uh, Nazar, like, I mean, I, I don't want to compare him to like, you know, to this player because this player's, a, a, you know, an elite 
NHL player that everyone's heard about and, and Nathan McKinnon, like he, that's what speed can do to in the NHL when used properly, what Nathan McKinnon can do right. to a team and just put him, you know, just make a panic, 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 because you cannot stop this guy uh, because he's so fast and he will go around you in one step. That's, you know, uh, the kind of potential that a Nazar can, can Frank Nazar can, have no he may not he's probably not going to turn out to be the the next nathan mckinnon but if you if you give me a poor man's nathan mckinnon i'll take that i mean that's a killer that's a killer right there you know that's a that's a defense killer when he can you know he could blow past just about any defenseman in the league outside of kale mccarr i'm taking it man i'm taking it every single time so yeah i mean if you look back at the last 10 years of cup winners and even further down to the to the Blackhawks 2009-2010 team. Speed is speed is the reason those teams win. I mean, every year when teams win the cup, it's because they're fast. And that's how it works. And I mean, I and it, and if you if you disagree or you're like, oh, we should take this project, that project, ask Don Sweeney how he feels about the 2015 draft. We had three first round picks in a row for the Bruins, passed up on, and then who went right after that? He drafted three players, and then Barzell went right after that. Yeah. And Barzell was, But you have you know, to be able to you, on top of that, you have to be able to play physical in the playoffs as well. So you need to be able to have right. that that combination of both. You can't just have a fast team. You just have a fast team. When you hit the playoffs, they're just going to beat the hell out of you in the playoffs. Yeah, and then if yeah. you have just a big team, people are going to run around you. So you have to have that sure. mix in the middle somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah, you if you don't have the speed, you're going to be hurting for sure. Yeah, if you have speed, you have a chance. If you don't, that's it. Shawnee, real yeah. quick, I want to um, – I know I've, we've gone late to you on a couple of these topics. We're going to start yeah. you off with with another one here. There's, there's two things. I want just a few more thoughts. If you have any additional thoughts about the Hawks', Hawks first-round picks or any of their subsequent picks after that. And then your thoughts about Peter Morazic, uh in the pipes and what that's going to look like. First of all, Peter Morazic, uh, good luck, buddy. Um, you're going to see a lot of shots, pal. And, uh, but yeah, just, uh, some of your thoughts on, on the picks and then Peter Morazic. The, the picks, uh, I mean, I'll defer to gate and everybody else on those. Uh, I've seen some good things about, uh, Nazar. Um, yeah. And I know the last pick in the seventh round, the Hawks never even saw, they just drafted him cause he was a huge guy. So, uh, I mean, seventh round pick, whatever. Anders, uh, Anders, uh, Sorensen's going to have. He's gonna. He's the most important thing, most important guy right now in the Blackhawks organization because he's gonna be the guy coaching all these first round picks at Rockford at some point. So he's gonna have to develop those guys. So that guy, um, they're very high on him. I hope he has a plan. I hope they have a plan for when these guys start coming through Rockford. So he's the most important guy in the organization right now, in my opinion. Um, and ter- switching gears to Mrazek, he's fine. I mean, they needed it. They need a caretaker goalie who's not going to get embarrassed on a nightly basis to hold down the fort while they tank. And they got a sweetener for it, and that's what you got to do when you're when you're a tanking team, because that's what they're going to do. You're going to you're going to try to take on bad contracts for sweeteners and also fill holes until your guys are ready. So Mrazek behind in the pipes, he's not he's not too good, so he's not going to affect the tank in that way but he's not too bad where they're just going to get embarrassed night after night after night. He'll win some games and they'll be competitive because he's a 
an NHL goalie, but they're not going to overachieve and screw up their plan. So I thought it was it was a it was a good move. I mean, Powers brought it up a couple of weeks beforehand. I'm glad that the Kyles were able to bury the hatchet from last year with the Mark Andre Fleury kind of deal, and yeah. it worked. So he'll be the goalie for the next two seasons. Hopefully, um, Sauterblom or somebody else will be ready to take over by then. Or they'll have Kermesso. Yeah. Drew Camesso eventually. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sure any backup goalie, Sutterblom, Drew Camesso, whoever it might be, they're certainly going to get their fair share of looks. I mean, during the rebuild. Well, Alex Stalock. They, they don't forget they signed Alex Stalock. So he'll be the backup. Yeah. He'll be the backup. But so, I mean, I, I certainly think, you know, Mrazic's going to be awfully busy back there. Um, this is what it sounds yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah Gabe, no, your we, thoughts on the the sixteen teams that make the playoffs. Now I don't I don't wish uh, ill on anyone, but we need those sixteen teams. We need fourteen of them to lose their number one goalie, and uh, yep. you know there's going to be bidding war for Peter Morazic. <laughs> yeah, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Yeah, anything's possible with that. Gay, you're fine with the goalie situation during the rebuild. Just goalie to goalie yeah. here. Just want to give a couple tidbits in there. Well, contrary to some people's belief, Kyle Dubas is not a genius for dumping the Peter Mrazek contract on the Blackhawks. He gave up a goalie, which the Blackhawks needed, and they didn't even need a good one. And he gave up their first-round draft pick, and I don't care if it was late in the first round. He gave up two assets for basically nothing. He cleared $3.8 million worth of, worth of, uh, worth of space so that he could bring in $4.8 million worth of space with Matt Murray, who's just as bad, if not worse, than Peter Mrazek. So I'm... First of all, I want to address yeah, that. Kyle Dubas is not a genius for what he did. And all the people that want to argue with me on the, on the stupid internet about that can go take a flying leap because that was the dumbest move ever. But, well, and, and doing that while losing Jack Campbell in the process? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the other piece. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, what are, you, what, what, are you people, what are you people sniffing in Toronto where, where you could frame this? This is him being a genius well, because he dumped – the lines at one point so i mean because he dumped 3.8 million dollars worth of salary next year and he gained yeah. one point you know one million dollars in salary this year for a guy who's hurt more than morazic and stinks worse than morazic and he gave up his first round draft pick but whatever i digress back on to peter morazic i'm fine with peter morazic he's gonna be fine he's gonna give up all he's gonna give up a lot of goals so did kevin lankinen it's the same situation you got a goalie in there. He's relatively cheap. You know what? He wants to prove that he's, you know, still an NHL player. He's going to have no expectations. There's going to be no pressure on him. That's fine. Alex Stalock behind him. That's fine. As long as you're not rushing Arvid Soderblom or you're not rushing Drew Camesso into the NHL, that's fine. You got guys that are place fillers that can eat pucks for the next couple of years. Which is fine. That's fine. It's there's nothing wrong with that. And 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 yep. and, and I don't want to get into this whole thing like you can't bring in players that are too good because it's going to make the the Blackhawks better. The Blackhawks are going to be terrible. They're going to be terrible no matter who you bring in. If you brought in Austin Matthews, they're still going to be a bad team. Like you cannot make this team into like a contender or you know affect their standings that much by bringing in any players. You just can't. They're going to be a bad team. They've broke it down to the core. It's down to the skeleton. And you've got a couple guys that, you know, that are in there. 
and and I just saw Matt Pizarski put up. Uh, I hear Morazic is a locker room cancer. Even if he is, so what? Right, what does it even matter? None of these guys are going to be right. here when it matters. Yeah, no, it's like, it and if and if you what what if you have to buy him out next year? Fine, buy him out. He's three point eight million dollars. What do you got? A one million dollar dead cap next year. You're eating dead cap this year for Duncan Keith, who's retired. So it's like you have the money, you have the space to do it. Like it doesn't really matter at this point in time who's in that. Like the 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 free agent goalies out there, there wasn't anyone out there. There's no one. You are going to bring Jack Campbell in because he doesn't want to come on a rebuilding team. And and what are the other choices? So you got Peter Mrazek for free, for free, and you got a first round draft pick on top of it. That's 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 the brilliant move right there. Getting a goalie yep. that can eat pucks and will just take it for free and getting a first round draft pick on top of it. I would rather and I'm not yep. and I'm not going to defend uh uh Kyle Davidson, you know, to the to the heavens about, you know, how great he was, but that was more of a brilliant move than Kyle Dubas dumping this stuff on us. Oh, for sure. For sure. I don't even think that's a, a debate who won the trade in that sense. Well, in Toronto, it's a debate, apparently. Well, yeah, no, and, and they can debate the blue in the face. We're looking great right now in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. total. That trip looks great for me um, and most fans. So, well, Mrazic aside, Ray, we're going to we're gonna start you off with a new topic uh, because we still have a lot to cover. And that is the departures, if you will, of my favorite NHL hockey player of all time, Dylan Strome. And Dominic Kubali. So let's, let's, yeah. Before, you know, and, and fans have been really up in arms about watching these two guys just, just exit stage left. Here's how this works, though, people, first of all, before we defer to Ray on what he thinks of this, both of which were restricted free agents. How qualifying offers work in the NHL is that if you make over a million dollars in your current salary, 100% of that salary needs to be offered to that player to qualify them. Okay, so if the Hawks decided to bring back Dylan Strome, they owe him $3 million. If they decided to bring Dominic Kubelik back, they owe him $4 million. Okay, neither one of those guys is a $3 million or a $4 million player, particularly when you're rebuilding. You've got three players on your your cap that are going to be $9 million players while you're rebuilding. Okay, and so the thinking behind this by Kyle Davidson is let these guys walk. We don't really need him anymore. We'll sign Domi for a one-year contract who might be trade beat. We'll sign Anasasiu. Is that how you pronounce it? Athanasiu. Andreas Athanasiu. Andreas Athanasiu. And Andreas, I'm sorry I couldn't pronounce that right. Um, If I ever meet you, I'll buy a beer. Um, And sign those guys for one-year deals where you might be able to flip. And you still – and I'm sorry I'm getting a little frustrated here, Ray, before even deferring to you. So just bear with (laughs) me. For those of you on Twitter that are lighting up saying, well, then why didn't you trade Dylan Strom at the trade deadline or Kubelik at the trade deadline? Because now you let him go for nothing. I'm sorry, but I don't, there's no market for Dylan Strom in the trade deadline. There was no market for him, David, folks. Okay. The Ed- and nobody would give it to him. No, the, the, uh, if you look at the final four, if you look at the Edmonton Oilers, if you look at the New York Rangers, if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, and, and, and anyone else who is even close, even Toronto, any, tell me where Dylan Strom fits on any of those teams. He can't keep up. He's not a good enough okay. skater. I'm sorry don't... for my outburst earlier. I came at you <laughs> with a is. lot of anger and that was unnecessary. <laughs> but folks, 
don't blame Kyle Davidson. I'm sure the phone rang, or I'm sure he called people and said, any interest in Stroman Kubalik? And people are like, not really. Uh, unless there's future considerations, unless you give them to us. So he had the foresight to say, all right, let him walk, and then we'll sign a couple of guys that we can trade later on. Ray, are you depressed about Stroman Kubalik as I am? I'm, clearly, I'm just devastated. <laughs> I was uh, I was high on Kubalik early on. I mean, I, I think that first season his his shooting percentage was off the charts. It was like twenty two or something like that. And you're like, all right, he's you know that was a thirty goal score. He had a great year. I mean, he made a run. I think at the at the Calder and you know, but just didn't seem to develop. Didn't seem to do anything else. Um, you know, I I thought you know early on like man, you know, even if he was just a you know twenty goal guy and. Um, you know, it was okay in his own end. You could see kind of maybe something was there, just never seemed to pan out, you know, and then that shooting, you know, everything kind of goes back to the norm and, you know, he's shooting in that nine, 10%, which, you know, gives him, you know, 12 to 15 goals. And, you know, what else is he bringing for you? And and, and that's a lot of money for that, for a guy, you know, like him. I, I think, man, you know, he's somebody that I do cheer for. I, I think he has the talent. I, I think I see things there, um, you know, but, He's not going to pan out. There was no trade market for him. You know, same thing with Dylan Strom, who, you know, I mean, he could have started 100% of his, you know, shifts in the offensive zone, and he, and, and he still would be the player he is. And he, and he spent most of the time in the offensive zone. You know, that's he didn't have to chase pucks the other way. It, it was if the other team gets the puck, get off the ice, because we can't trust you in the defensive end. So, um, I, you know, it stinks. I just don't think there was a market for it, you know. And I saw it where, you know, how come you didn't get anything for it, sign him and then trade him. I just don't think there was a market. And I, and I think for, for Davidson, it was just, let's just get rid of them. You know, let's start over. Um, you know, I'm not going to get anything stuck with them. Um, you know, everybody gets excited that, you know, he scored 20 goals or he's had 48 points or he's had, you know, 50 points one time. There's a lot of players that do that. Um, you know, we're not going to be missing him. You know, if Dylan Strom turns into a, you know, a self trophy finalist, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, great. You know, sorry. We really missed that one. You know, the 1%, the one person that's going to say they're in those. I mean, you're not missing anything. So, uh, but Kubalik, I, I really was high on him early on, you know, a couple of seasons ago, I thought he was right. going to, you know, maybe turn the corner at just size and tough in the corners, you know, get in front. Dylan Strom just flying by the net, you know, bucket stick, go in. That's great. Kane, give him a little saucer pass, you know, he, he might find it, you know, stuff along those lines, but you're not going to miss anything. Um, you know, he's not going to Washington and, and turning them into, you know, what they've been missing to, to get back to a Stanley cup. Um, you know, Kubalik for me again, we're, we're not going to miss these guys in, in two, three years, no. you know? So, and, you know, I, I just, you know, the, the Dylan Strom love that I see in the stats and the analytics, you know, I, I believe in all that stuff. I love that stuff. You know, that's stuff that you can page through over and over, but, you know, when, when you're starting 77% of your, your time, 80% of the time in the offensive zone, it's pretty easy to put in 40 points a, 40 points a season. And you're yeah. playing with 88 and 12 on your wings. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. I, and that's, yeah. Our time right. Anisimov. You know, AA. You well, know, now we got Andreas, and I used to think about that with Anisimov, that it was just, man, he's not a second-line center. He's just playing with Patrick Kane. You know, I, I'm good for yeah. 38 points. You know, Anisimov well, look is at, good look at Kubelik. Kubelik has that 30-goal season, and he's playing with Brandon Saad and Jonathan Taves before Don Jonathan Taves went, went through all of his ailments. Right. And so, yeah, so he's usually lighting it up. He had guys to win pucks for him. Not too hard, um, you know, when, when you're doing that. Um, so, I mean, Shawnee, uh, you know, what say you so, – so Dylan Strom is off to Washington for a one-year $3.5 million deal. 
What is Washington getting out of this other than a desperation move for a, a team whose cup window is closing? Clearly, it's the replacement for Nicholas Backstrom, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Go ahead, Shawnee. They, it's, it, they're getting a guy who can't skate, who will probably – they'll hate him there. They're not – he's not any good. The reason why – like, I don't understand. People were so upset about Dylan Stroh and Dominic Kubelik leaving. They got less of their qualifying offers in the open market. Like, Dylan Strom was qualified at 3.6. He got 3.5, and he could have picked any team. Supposedly, there was a huge market from his agent. Kubelik got $5 million for two years. His qualifying offers was four. Like, clearly, everybody saw what they did in the Blackhawks as smoke and mirrors. Like, as Ray said, anybody who skates with 88 and 12 could score 30 points. Dylan Strom did that. He got less money than his qualifying offer after the best year of his career. Like, they're getting a guy. He stinks. He's not any good. Kubalik, maybe he turns it around in Detroit. Um, maybe, maybe he plays well in that system. I don't know. But Dylan Strom, it's, it's kind of scary that he was the third overall pick of Arizona. If everybody, he was the third overall yes. pick of the draft. And that everybody still hangs their hat on that he's scored more points than Connor McDavid in juniors. Everybody scores in juniors. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. so did a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, Dave Bolin used to score a ton of points in juniors. He didn't score in the NHL. So, yeah, no. I don't know. So, no. Anyway, I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm not upset. I didn't shed a tear over Wyatt. I didn't shed a tear over Lankanen, Strom, Kubelik. None of them. Wyatt, man. Yeah, I mean, and everyone said, oh, my God, why are the Blackhawks drafting defensemen? They have so many. Well, they don't, don't really have any good ones. No. like I mean, I don't he, Obviously, Obviously, KD doesn't think very highly of Ian Mitchell. He doesn't think highly or, of Nick Bodan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's these, the, these guys aren't, aren't going to be the guys. So no. what are you going to do? I guess it, so let, let's let's shift to gate here on, you know, some of these UFA signings. signings. Max Domi, highly touted prospect you know, a few years ago, has kind of becoming a journeyman um, since then. But he, he did pretty well with Carolina. You know, they had a pretty decent playoff push there. They lost to the Rangers in seven games. I think he put up six points. I think he had three goals. Um, then uh, A2, I'm just going to call him A2 before I butcher his name again. My apologies. And then Colin Blackwell. So those are the ones coming in. Two of these guys are coming in one-year deals. I think Blackwell's a two-year contract. Am I right? It is two for 1.2 a year. Got it. I love it. Up. I mean, what, are you thinking, Gabe, that these are guys that they're just going to flip eventually? Is that oh, the yeah. Play? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. they're going to try and flip anyone they can at this point in time. There's really no one that's on the current roster that that I can see that, that they're not going to, you know, if they get the opportunity to flip them, that they're not going to flip them. If um, that were to be flipped, they'd flip them today. Yeah. Um, I mean, Max Domi, he's, he's become a bit of a, you know, attitude problem. I mean, he, there's a reason he's moved around from Columbus to Montreal to Carolina, now to Chicago. And, um, you know, he's just, he's a guy though. I mean, he's got some talent. He can score some goals. He's got some energy. Uh, he's got the name. Uh, and that's fine. That's great. You know, uh, bring him in. You need people. You need to fill out this roster with players. You don't want to get right. completely embarrassed you want to look like you're trying, but 
this is a guy. I mean, there wasn't clearly there isn't much of a market for for Max Domi anywhere else. So here he is coming to Chicago, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. Same with Andreas and Athanasio. Uh, years, you know, a couple of years ago when he was with Detroit, I was kind of high on him because, like, you hear like the guy's got blinding yeah. speed, blinding speed, blinding speed. Unfortunately, that's you know, right. he might as well have blinding speed with no stick in his hand because he can't really do much else. But, <laughs> but the, that's fine. Again. You know, he, he's a, he's kind of a reclamation project. He was injured last year uh, that he was out in LA and uh, you know, they're going to try and give him a shot and see if he can't, you know, resume his career and try to, you know, make himself a, a important middle six or, or, or third line player. And uh, you know, maybe get flipped for a playoff team in the playoffs. That's fine too. Uh, Blackwell. I saw a lot of him yeah. when I covered the, the, the Kraken last year. He's a guy. He's a guy. You know, he's a third line guy who's going to go out there and he's going to play hard for you. And you know what you're going to get from him. And fans might like him because he plays hard. And that's going to be what it is. Like, none of these guys are going to go out there and score 40 goals for you. None of these guys are going to go out there and win any big prestigious awards for you. But they're guys that are going to fill out the roster and you might be able to flip them for a valuable asset. You got them for free that's where this is. And it's the same with Staylock. You know, if someone was the one Staylock or Mrazek or anybody on this roster, like Kyle Davidson picking up the phone. And if I can get it, if I can fill up with draft picks next in this next, you know, especially in the high in the first round, like there's three potential franchise players in this next upcoming draft with uh, Bedard yeah. and Mitch Koff and uh, Fantilli. Those are three potential top. Yeah, there's three. And if you could get two of those picks, like that would be great, too. If you could sign, I know we're, we're talking pipe dreams here, but if you could pull something like that off, package some stuff, do some stuff, whatever. Like if you could get two of those three in there, like you're really then maybe advancing the, you know, the rebuild a half a year or something like that. If you can get those two really good players, but even just getting one of them would be incredible for this franchise. And, then, and that's like you said, you have to keep your eye on the prize and the eye on the prize is 20, you know, 2025, something of that. Like Ray was saying, you, you can't get distracted with, yeah, you can't get distracted with the flashy things around that, you know, this guy scored 30 goals or this and that, like the Dylan Strom and the, you know, Dylan Strom, that's recency bias. When you're going back to Dylan Strom, that's recency bias. He ended the season in a dead season where teams did, didn't really defend against the Blackhawks anymore, scoring you know a handful of goals against teams who knew they were going to smash the Blackhawks anyway. That's what that was. The year before, it was Vinny Henestrosi. Can't get rid of Hen Vinny Henestrosa. You got to sign him. You got to bring him back. He did so well. He <laughs> went and, and he went and barely got you know a, a league minimum deal in in Buffalo, and and they resigned him again this year. But he didn't One, he didn't get much more of a raise. Like yeah. these are just guys. They're just guys. Like. Do you need Dylan Strome to stick around more? No, you don't. We know what we've got with Dylan Strome. Dominic Kubelik, I was high on him with, with Ray, too. Like, I thought he was going to be a pretty good player, and he kind of regressed, and people kind of figured him out, and then he just turned out to be just a guy who was making too much money. So now he's gone, you know? Yeah. No, I, I mean, the whole, I mean, you are going to see Domi or A2, one of them – if not both of them playing with Patrick Kane this year to try to elevate their stats, to market them for as trade bait, to see if you can sell them to the highest bidder and, and get something back in return. That's the whole reason they're around. 
they're not going to be in Blackhawk uniforms very long. I mean, that much is clear. So you're signing these guys to move them and to just keep rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. You know, so, I mean, if you can get, like you said, if you can get multiple picks in the first round, again, you got to do that every single time when you're in this position. And the so, Hawks already have two uh, first picks next year. They have yes, theirs. They, do. And, they have theirs and Tampa's. But yeah. Tampa's have top ten protected. Not going to happen, but just no, no. But still, so so they're already going to have two first round picks. They will have a lottery ball to play because they're going to be that bad. Will it result in the number one overall pick? We're hoping so. Uh, you know, we'll we'll find out in due time. That brings us to one of the final points on the uh, on the on the show tonight, and uh, we're gonna you know I want to talk about this as well as uh, um, got to get rid of this on the ticker real quick. Canaan Taves, we always seem to talk about Canaan Taves um, towards the end of our podcast and what's going to become of them. Want to touch base on that, and then we want a few thoughts on Enzo, uh, Ray, Canaan Taves. They're coming back for the beginning yeah. of the season. That looks like it's clear. Is the clock ticking? I mean, is is are these two guys? Are they finally, or at least Patrick Kane, going to wave and say, "I just can't do this anymore"? I mean, you would hope so. Yeah, and it, it would. You know, it's going to hurt when he walks at the end of the year, no matter what. You know, I mean, if you get nothing back for him, you'd hope. You know, you've got a good relationship with him, where he's going to say, "Hey, let's let me try and find that spot. Maybe go somewhere that's going to help win a cup." you know, raise it and then maybe sign somewhere else, you know, gives you an opportunity that, you know, Hey, you win a cup and you know, this year or try and win a cup and then I become a free agent next year and I can, you know, sign for my next deal and win a cup, in my next spot, you know, maybe I end up with five to six, you know, that that's the dream, right. For, for Kaner. Right. Um, you know, it would, it would stink to see him skate off the ice at the end of the year and you get nothing for him, you know, but that's his right. I mean, that's, if there's anybody that should have a no movement clause, it's, it's Kane and Taves, right. So, um, you know, when, when it comes to Taves, I, I just, you know, I don't know what the market's going to be. You know, I, you, you talk about retaining money, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, if somebody's looking for a guy that can win a draw, kill some penalties, playing a third center role uh, on a Stanley Cup type team, you know, he might be your guy. But if you're trying to bring him in, the, uh, you know, and it sucks that you have to talk about him like this because, you know, he's the captain of, you know, three, three Stanley Cup champions. But yeah, you know, I don't think you're going to get in a return like you are with Kaner. I mean, Kaner can still take over hockey games. I mean, he's still a top-notch player. You know, I mean, there's there's not there, there, there's not a you know what you're getting. You're getting a guy that's going to help you win hockey games. You know, he can completely take over a game when he's when he's interested and he's playing. He can completely take over a game. So it stinks, you know, as a you know fan. But you know, I, I think if if he were to just stay the whole year and walk, you're just going to be like, man, what, what did we leave on the table? Uh, but you, you, yeah, you're hoping that when he's talking to his agents, you know, when he's talking to, you know, Hey, talking to Davidson and saying, listen, this is going to be the goal. Let's see if we get there. Maybe we get some more out of it. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody can cheat the long-term injury reserve, you know, whatever it is, let's go, you know, sorry, Kane, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll have to pray for you when you come back. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if Kane walks away for nothing as a UFA, and he certainly has earned that right, I mean, I guess at the very least, you shed a huge salary um, when you're rebuilding, when when you're trying to get in that position to actually acquire young players that are becoming UFAs and you actually want to buy one, you know, then right. all of a sudden you, you, you've got the chips to do it. Um, you know, with that in mind, I mean, I, I still think there's going to be a market for both of them at the trade deadline. You also need to think there's there's twofold here. One, the Blackhawks could eat some salary at the trade deadline, but they're also they're going to be prorated. To. Yeah, but they're also going to be prorated. I mean, because it's a deadline deal, they're not going to no one's going to be on the hook for the full amount. 
right. um, no matter what. So they'll be at half price and then the Hawks could eat a little bit of salary on top of that. So, you know, there's certainly going to be a big market for them. Shawnee, um, you know, what What do you think? Matt, our buddy Matt wrote in another question. Matt, thank you for uh, listening and being so busy tonight. These are great, great thoughts. And throwing this out there. And Sean, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Kane's value would be? These has to be traded now or at the deadline. I mean, knowing what knowing what they got for Cat. Yeah, his see, I don't know. I know in the question he says two firsts and a prospect, realistic. But I just wonder because they're going to have to retain half his cap if they're going to move him. So let's say it's prorated; it's like five million dollars. So they retain two. So they still have to find a team that's going to have that amount of cap space to fit him in, and then ultimately. It's what do they have to play with? So maybe the, maybe it's the New York Rangers because he goes to play with uh, Artemi Panarin there in New York, and maybe you do you try to ask for two first round picks and a prospect. That's what I would ask for. I don't know if they're going to get it, especially considering Kane's on the last year of his deal. He's going to be a UFA, so it's it's purely a rental. Like I would almost compare it to what did what did Florida get for or what did Florida give up for Claude Giroux? Like that's they gave up Owen Tippett and something else. The, that's what I would kind of um, relate it to. Well, it's, they could kind of work in the trade, like that there is an implied extension or an implied, you know, because Kane could get that extra. We being traded to that team, he could get that eighth year, right? If the, you know, if it, he's going to be old, and I don't know if anyone's going to give him eight years, but he could get that implied eighth year. And then you could say that, you know, there's this implied extension with that and he's going to re-sign with that team. Uh, so that could also be negotiated in with the trade, but back to you. No, but that makes a lot of sense then too. Then the team that they are trading to, whether it's the Rangers or the Devils or somebody like that, that they don't feel like they're, they're giving up assets for nothing. Earned, so, mm-hmm. or for short-term gains. So, yeah. Um, as far as Taves, I like, like Ray and everybody else said, I don't, third line center, maybe on a competitive team, you're going to have to eat at half. You're going to have to retain half his salary at least. And that's the most you can retain. I believe is half his salary. So you're going to have, yes, 50% is the most you can retain. Right. So you're going to have to retain 50% of his salary. And then you might have to take somebody's trash back with a deal, the sweetener. Like you might have to, you're going to have to take like a, maybe a, a bad contract back to offset the money. So, but so what? I mean, if the Hawks have the space, who cares? No, right. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I almost if if they're gonna do as many deals as possible, they they should use their salary cap space as a weapon and yes. try to leverage. Go, okay, we'll take your trash. Oh, yeah. What are you giving us for it? Like what they did with Morazic. We're gonna take we're gonna take all your garbage. And if you want to take if you want anything of value from us with significant cap on it, we'll take back trash. But we're also gonna need another sweeter. So. Yeah, like give us Milan Lucic, his bad contract. Bring right. him on over, you know, and we'll send you Patrick Kane and whatever other other stuff is in there. Like, and use you, that, use that. Be brutal and just take whatever you can, man. Write right. the book, write the whole paper on this, on this, on this thing. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Right. You've already gone General Sherman. You've already steered yeah. to Atlanta. You might as well just keep burning it until you get to the sea, and then once you're <laughs> it, build it all back up. Right. And it's been years there. since the Blackhawks had money to yes. play with. I mean, it's been forever. And um, 
So I think and, in that sense, it'll just be kind of nice just to have some dollars. Yeah, and if so. you're looking at Claude Drew, I, I, I like Claude Drew. He's a very good hockey player. You know, I'm not saying anything we don't know, but I'm getting more uh, for Patrick Kane, you know, even as a possible rental. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. We can absolutely take over games yeah. offensively. And if you're looking for, I mean, if you're absolutely stacked defensively and you've got your two centermen and you're looking for a winger can absolutely dominate for you, you've got it. You're bringing in Patrick Kane to win a Stanley Cup. And then, like, you know, Gate, you know, you guys were talking about, Shawnee, that. You know, hey, if you're going to extend them, you're going to give them that after that. But man, if you're if you're looking at Claude Giroux's contract, I'd be happy or uh, trade. I'd be happy because I'm getting more than that. Yeah, that, maybe that's the baseline. Yeah. They they go, okay, that's a good Claude, spot. Giroux, so on and so forth. Right. What's hurting yeah. Kane is that you know he's in Chicago now. <laughs> People are like, oh, it's Patrick Kane. He just does what he does, and it's like, yeah, you can still you put him on an on a good team. He's going to absolutely take off oh, offensively yeah. for you. Be lights yeah. out. Be possibly the newest family. And you yeah. know so, he like, so, so, tells when the bright lights are on. So like you know, come playoff time, his game's going to go to a whole nother level, and that's going to be even like teams don't. A lot of teams don't understand that because he hasn't played in the playoffs in how many years. He's going to be chomping at the bit to get back in there and just showcase, put Showtime on again. So somebody's going to get a uh, yeah. fired up player. Yeah. That, if, if, so if speaking he, of Patrick. All dependent on if he decides to leave. It's his choice. It's up to him. Yeah. It's up to him. Yep. Totally his call. He's earned that right. So spe- speaking of Patrick Kane, we're going to just move on to the to the next and final segment in, of our show, and that's obviously Duncan Keith is retired. Um, and what a warrior, what a great player, and the, and the Hawks have had to absorb <laughs> a salary hit because of that, $5.25 million next year, which is really unfortunate, but that's just the way the deal worked out. Uh, um, you know, but, but, uh, but the big news in the last 24 hours is obviously Eddie Olchek has decided to, um, to move away, uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks as, as a, as their color commentator and, and a, and a key figure, um, for the organization for, for a number of different years. And speaking about Patrick Kane and his impact on Kane and, and their relationship, um, I just wanted to, to play this clip. This happened, um, uh, in an interview today. If I could figure out this whole this whole deal right now, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna screen share real quick, and and the audio is the most important. But this is uh this is Enzo today, and these are his comments on talking to Patrick Kane about about him leaving and moving on. I'm about the people like, like yourself, yourself that, were that were part of this team, team the people, the people at NBC Sports Chicago, Chicago were. who are the lifeline of a hockey player and a hockey team. And um, that was really difficult. Brian Higgins and just the entire organization. And then, you know, the fans uh, would never, I don't know how I'll ever be able to thank them enough just for how they treated me. And hopefully uh, the feeling is mutual the other way, but um, you know, and then having that conversation with, with Rocky and Danny um, uh, it's, it's been a blast, but uh, it's uh it's time to turn the you know time to turn a new chapter and and uh, 
uh, and, and move on and, uh, and just realize that the memories are always going to be there. Oh, man. So, bummer. Bummer news there. Um, what do you think, Gate? Those thoughts and obviously the impact that he had. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I loved Edzo. I love listening to Edzo. I think he's funny. I think, you know, he brings a lot, a lot to the broadcast. Um, I think this is a, a short sight by, by the Blackhawks. Like, maybe they're cutting, cutting salary. Maybe they're doing whatever they're doing. But, uh, you know, at least from what some of the reporters have been saying, like this, this negotiation has been going on for a long time. And it wasn't getting to where Edzo wanted it. And if you're going to be cutting, you know, you're be cutting Pat fully loose. And that's fine because, like I said on, online today, he kind of lost his fastball and was probably past his prime. And that's fine if you're going to move on. Whatever their choice was to replace him, that's a whole other subject altogether. But um, Edzo is probably one of the most recognizable assets they had the entire organization. And if you want to have an organization still be slightly relevant where people are going to at least tune in to watch them, having Edzo there was pretty important, I think. And um, I think Edzo just got fed up at the end of it. He wasn't getting what he wanted and he should have been given. He, he, I think he's earned the right. Like some of the, you know, Kane and all those guys have all earned the right to earn, you know, earn a living and get what they deserve. And I think Edzo should have gotten what he deserved because he's, he's, he's proven to be the best color man in the business. Uh, the Blackhawks didn't want to do it. And he said, all right, fine. I'm going, I'm going to Seattle. I picked a good, good year to switch back from Seattle to Chicago, but um, you know, they're going to have John Forslund and uh, uh, you know, Eddie old Ol- check on the, it's going to be a national broadcast, national, national TV quality broadcast every night for the Seattle Kraken, which is amazing. Uh, but he just followed, you know, his brother is the assistant GM over there at Seattle and uh, one of his sons is one of the is, is a scout there. And now Nick Olchek, who I thought was a really good with with uh, the Blackhawks when he was doing analysis. I like Nick and I liked him on the radio and or on the TV and stuff. I thought Nick was pretty good. He's good. He's yeah, leaving, he, too. Like, I, that's a double loss right there. I think young Nick was was kind of a, an up and comer. Uh, I don't know what they're left with at this point, except a couple of vanilla guys who nobody cares about doing the play by play in the in the uh the color i just told me one that's gonna drive me insane um they forced out john weideman he's not doing as much uh troy murray and that's about it yeah i i don't know i i don't know what they're gonna do here to, to be able to bring people i mean you have to make people want to at least enjoy the tank right no one's gonna enjoy this with a bunch of guys announcing that nobody knows that have no zero personality just zero per their flatline personality and like Edzo, yeah, I mean, you know, cr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Edzo cracked some jokes. He had some good stories, and it's like these other guys are like, oh yeah, Kobe Cohen. What do you, what, what story do you have? You have a, a I played college somewhere one time. I played, uh, you know, college yeah, Dean Potter or Boston University. He was at Boston University. Yeah, Edzo won a cup. Like, give me, give me somebody who could tell me a story. You know, it, at least fill in the time. They don't have anything. They have nothing. So I, I just I, I don't know what they're doing here. Like somewhere along the line, you have to put them. You have to allocate the money somewhere. Give it to Edzo for a couple of years, so you can, he could drag you on his back, drag you through this rebuild. And and now nobody's going to be there to do it. So I don't know who's going to listen and watch. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Ray, what do you think, man? I mean, I don't. We don't know exactly what happened here. Obviously, they couldn't come to an agreement. Did the Hawks lowball him? Did Eddie? Was he being unrealistic? Who knows. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but, but obviously it was a, I think it definitely came as a shock to everybody, but what do you think? It sucks. Cause he's Chicago through and through, you know I mean? He's kind of our guy, right. You know, he's, he's here, he, you know, he's from Chicago. He, he, that's what he, he's all about you yeah. know, he played for us. You know, he went somewhere else and, and, you know, had cups and, you know, had a successful career. He came back, um, you know, I kind of liken it to, you know, when the Hawks were looking for, um, you know, guys that you can say, all right, let's put them up on that pedestal. And, you know, now, uh, you know, uh, Stan Makita has gone, you know, and, and Eddie could have been that guy, you know, that you know, always, you know, synonymous with Chicago Blackhawks, you know, he's, he's the voice of the Blackhawks. That's what it should be. You know, you know, Pat Foley growing up, you know, I listened to him on the radio back when you couldn't watch him on TV and, you know, he was the, uh, you know, voice of the Blackhawks, you know, he could have been that guy, you know? So, you know, it just, it stinks because you just, you just hope it wasn't over a couple, you know, you know, when we talk millions, I mean, we, we'd all be happy with millions, but we all know that this, this silliness that, you know, goes on behind the scenes with, with, with the words family. So you just hope it wasn't one of those things. And, you know, when you listen to them, you can tell it hurts, you know, that sucks, you know, as a fan, you know, again, you know, yeah. I mean, Ed Wilczek's our guy. That's what makes it, makes it tough. You know, he was somebody that, you know, he's in, in that Stan Makita realm, um, you know, not as a, you know, put up numbers as a Hawks like, like Stash, but, you know, he was going to be that guy, you know, the rest of the way through. So it just sucks that he's going to be somewhere else, you know. And then when he would go to, you know, national broadcast, he was still coming back, you know, doing Chicago games. So it just sucks. And Keith, right. one of the best, right? I mean, they used to joke you know, at commercial, you know, everybody runs on Duncan. The Hawks ran on Duncan. When he was on top of his game, nobody yeah. was going to beat him. I, I, that was awesome. Yeah, no, I don't, you know, yeah, Kane, Taves, there was like Seabrook. There was a lot of guys that helped. With, you know, it's not just one player that wins the Stanley Cup, you know that. But Nicholas Lindstrom. Coffee, Ray Bork, yep. Chara, Keith is in that category, man. I mean, you're talking about one of he the is. top defenders of all time. And and when Keith was on his game, he couldn't beat the Blackhawks. He was the most important player on that team. I truly believe that. No, what 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 he did in 2015 in that cup run was what, was, was It was those four guys. He played what 30 minutes a game. I think yeah. there was the triple overtime game. I think he paid 40 minutes. Maybe even longer against Nashville, he was in, and everybody forgets. I mean, everybody gives Kaner credit for scoring the goal uh, in the game six to win it. Keith had the first goal, and he followed his own shot and went to the net and put it by Ben Bishop in game six. Oh, it was brilliant! And he'd been on the ice forever. He won the Conn Smythe. He was the best player in the playoffs that year, rightfully so. He won the Norris Trophy. The and like when the Hawks were at their peak, it was Keith and Seabrook on the ice. And, and like you'd get them off for a shift, they'd be right back on the two of them all the time. It was that was the defensive pairing. You just and and Keith he aged, but he, he aged gracefully. He wasn't as it wasn't like a steep decline like Seabrook was. He still probably could have played this year. He just didn't want to anymore. I mean. He's an all-time great. He, they're. I'm wearing a Marion Hosa jersey. They're putting Marion Hosa's number up in the rafters. I think Keith's number will go up in the rafters eventually. Um, it has to. Might he be, was might be this fall. Mm-hmm. Might be this fall. Could be right away. Should be. Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. With the Edzo stuff, I I did a little digging um, before the podcast. Uh, some of the reports I had read, I think on the Athletic or something, I think uh, John Greenberg for the Athletic had said they were offering Edzo more money per game, but they were deducting 
they weren't paying him like a higher salary because they were factoring in doesn't does national games and the horse racing and stuff like that. So they were he was getting more yeah. money per game, but it wasn't overall more money. So um, I like like Ray said, like whenever I think of soft serve, I think of Eddie Olchek because he always talked about eating soft serve on the broadcast or when he always go for all you young hockey fans out there. Like I, I, and when when you we yeah, would watch that when you when you would go to a national game and Eddie O would be there, like, I don't know about you, but I got comfort like watching the national game with Eddie O calling it. Cause I, I felt like I was watching a regular game. It was just, Eddie O was just a part of, a part of like Blackhawks culture and their life. And um, he was, when I, when I attended the Blackhawks conventions, uh, he'd always have a great story to tell. Um, so he told a story one time how he gave a VCR to a guy because, uh, one of the enforcers, he goes, if this guy takes a run at me, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you, I, I'll give you something. He goes, what are you going to give me? He goes, how about a VCR? So the guy, uh, somebody took a run at Eddie O, the enforcer stepped in, fought the guy, and then skating off the ice and the guy's going, VCR, VCR. <laughs> and Eddie O, Eddie o told the story. And uh, I didn't do it justice. And Eddie Old told the story that way. And it was just, it was, it was brilliant. So like, it's going to be sad. He's, he's yeah. been a part of Blackhawks life and Seattle's getting a, Seattle makes sense. His brother is the AGM and we're still going to get him on national broadcasts. Um, yeah. I mean, you'll see, him, you'll see him for an occasional Blackhawks game or two. I just think it, it, it it's, it hurts. It is just really weird turning tuning into the Blackhawks in general next year without Foley, without Enzo, with the lineup that they're trotting out there. I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine I can't imagine what this is doing for their ticket sales. Um, I mean, clearly the you know the Wurtz family, you know, I, they're gonna they're gonna be eating a lot of revenue with their hockey team uh, yeah. over the next few years, and 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 they're probably completely prepared to bite the bullet on that. And you kind of need to do that in a rebuild. Um, but yeah, it's just going to feel a little strange without those guys in the booth. And I, you know, and I, you know, Shawnee, you mentioned uh, Edzo always saying all you young hockey players out there when he slows it down and goes through a replay um, and all of his comments are insightful, you know, I mean, and if they weren't, he wouldn't be on national television. And now no. he's, you know, now he's a horse handicapper. You see him at the Derby every year, the first Saturday of May, which is awesome. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, he was synonymous with Blackhawks hockey and always will be. Um, and who knows? I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back one day, too. I mean, I he could be back. This might not be it. You know, this might be just BC for later. You know, with Duncan Keith, I guess, you know what I, you know, what a lot of people don't remember. I There were some really lean years when both Keith and Seabrook were playing regular minutes in Chicago as young defensemen. And um you know, that they, you know, when Kane and Taves showed up and it was kind of lightning in a bottle, but those guys had to go through it. Those guys in sharp. I mean, they had to go through a few years where it was just brutal mm-hmm. and they learned the game. You know, Duncan got really confident with the puck. Ray, you know, second you, round pick. Didn't you, didn't Ray have a nickname for Keith back then? Me? <laughs> yeah. I, I swear you had a nickname like out of town or something like that. Cause you thought he was going to be out of town after, those lean years when they was no i no i that's not me Mm-mm. oh i apologize yeah, yeah no i, I, I remember i lived on those two guys 
Yeah. I was living on Southport and George when Keith was a rookie and I was living two doors down from Curtis Brown. And I remember Duncan Keith showing up with a backwards hat and sweatpants, just going to hang out with him. And I'm like, there's some kid banging on Curtis Brown's door. <laughs> no idea who, he, I mean, he, he was not, and he wasn't a big kid. He was probably oh. 20 or 21 years old and was kind of looking around. wasn't sure it was banging on the door and, you know, and then he just, he becomes the best defenseman in the NHL. And, you know, a lot of people don't remember that, you know, that 2014 year where he won his second Norris when the Hawks did not win the cup, how good he was that year. Yeah. Um, that may have been his best overall wire to wire season. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess, but then he followed it up with a con Smythe. So first ballot hall of famer uh, dunks, you know, part of the team and part of the game. That's part of us. And um, yeah, we're going to miss both these guys. It's uh, it's just getting a little weird in Blackhawkville these days. So with that, we've gone for a buck 20 tonight, folks. And it's because we haven't seen you in so long. So I think uh, now is the time to uh, to say good night. Any parting shots, Ray, Shawnee, anything? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a couple good years that uh, if you have things going on, um, if you want to work later at work, um, if you're looking for that trip that you've always wanted to take during hockey season, but you didn't want to miss the Blackhawks, it's a good time to be taking those for the next couple of years. <laughs> good yeah. seats will be available. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, yeah. The Chiefs are home tonight at the War Memorial. Good seats are still available. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, yeah. And for, yeah. And, and to that, to that point, and for those of you that have wanted to see a hockey game for a long time and you haven't gotten to the United Center, you might be able to find some pretty cheap seats. Yeah. Um, Secondary market. It might be. A good time to go. Well, anyway, with all that's going on with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, really good to see you guys and uh, and catch up for a July podcast. And uh, yeah, and as uh, and as Bard just wrote in, Andrew Bard, who's a regular here, plan your weddings in May and June for the next three to five years. <laughs> Blackhawks fan. And well, ladies, yep. <laughs> um, we we appreciate it. That's an excellent comment. Um, all right. Yep. And so in, in the words of Edzo and Pat Foley, and Enzo even said this the other day, um, you know, we and hope you enjoyed the, the broadcast tonight and if the Hawks win. We know you enjoyed the outcome. Um, but anyway, yeah, I can miss those guys. Hats off to you. Hats off to Duncan Keith. And get ready, folks. Rebuild is on. It's happening. Be patient. Be patient. On behalf of myself, Ray, Shawnee. Everyone have a great night, and uh, thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.